it's uh, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. Uh, I think I can say that now, right? Like we're near enough. Um, thank you, Owen. Good input. Um, yeah, look, we have been flying through this series since the beginning of December called Dwell, the Word Became One of Us, where we've gone through those first, uh, first lines of John's Gospel, John 1, 1 to 18. Um, and we've seen so much about the true Christmas story as we've gone through this. It's been great. Uh, and uh, we've seen that Jesus is the Word. He is the self-communication of the all-creating God to us. Jesus came to call us into his light, that he is the light that comes into a world full of darkness. He is the life that steps into a world that's only known death. And Jesus came to call us to that light and to that life and to that word by believing in him. And tonight we're looking at just this one verse, really, that Josh read for us from John 1.18. And, and this is a wrap-up verse for the opening of John's Gospel because it really does bring it all together in a mysterious and profound way, John 1.18 summarises what Jesus came into the world to do. How he is the all-creating God communi communicating with us. How he is light, how he is life, and why there is a baby in a manger. And not just that, but how we are to believe in him. And what that means for us. So very briefly tonight, I want to take you through three points. The first one is, Jesus makes God known. It might seem a bit obvious when you look at the passage. But John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. No one has ever seen God, John writes. What that means is that no one has ever fully seen him. No one has ever uh, seen God completely and known who God is is out of humanity. Probably the, the closest anyone has ever got before Jesus was Moses, right, in, in the Old Testament. Uh, if you know the story, he goes up onto the mountain in Exodus 33 as Israel is being founded and established. And, and Moses asks God, show me your glory. And, and, and God actually does. He, sh he puts Moses in the cleft of the rock and passes before him and Moses sees the back of God, and God declares his name and his character before Moses. But God also tells him, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. See, there's a great division between God and man. We can't be with God, we can't see him, and we can't know him because of sin. Because there's a brokenness inside of us, a running away from us inside, uh, from him inside of us that separated us from him. And his holiness cannot exist in the presence of our sinfulness. And we are, as, as we are, we cannot see God. We cannot know God. In fact, the natural relationship of God and man as we were is one of judgment for sin. And yet John makes this mysterious assertion. Jesus makes God known. He says, the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. That's saying Jesus has made the true God known. People have all sorts of different ideas about who God is and what he's like, don't they? Um, here's, here's, here's three out of thin air, right? A lot of people feel that God is the nasty judgmentalist in the sky um, who's, who's just waiting for that chance to strike you down. 
this is the person who says, I can't come into church because the, the roof would fall in on me. Others think that God is an irrelevant deity. You know, there is a God, he's distant, he doesn't want anything to do with me, I don't want anything to do with him. And still others think that there is no God. He's a non-existent imaginary being. But when you look at Jesus, you find out who God truly is. Now, a second thing to say here is that our deepest need is to know the Father. If someone who was listening to this uh, hadn't trusted in Jesus, well, they might say, well, that doesn't make sense, really. Why would I need that? I'm pretty, doing pretty well without that. Uh, among those of us who have trusted in Jesus, we still might have a bit of a lick of that. Uh, we, we, there's, a, there's a shallow version of the Christian faith that says that Jesus came to get you to heaven, uh, that he came to give you life and get you to heaven, and, and woohoo, he's done it. And so you might come out of that thinking, well, why would I need to know God, why is, why is knowing him my deepest need? Surely heaven was my deepest need or, or life was my deepest need. But in John 17, as Josh very ably read for us before, Jesus says something profound and revolutionary. He prays, he prays that the, and, and says that the Father has given him all authority to give eternal life. And then he says these amazing words that, that, that for me changed the way that I understood our whole faith. He said, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus' version of what life is, eternal life, is that it is knowing God. You were made for relationship with your Creator. You were made to know Him and to find life with Him. And without Him, we're just a fleeting shadow of what life really is. If we don't spend our lives knowing Him, we're just a shadow of what we're meant to be. Here today, gone tomorrow, without any of the true meanings and joy that our life was meant to be infused with. Yet knowing him is the center and the essence of true living. And that brings us to this final question, which is, who is the God that Jesus has made known? Who does him, he reveal him to be? What's he like? And we find, this is point number three, Jesus made the Father known most of all at the cross. Those words that we just read out, uh, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Those words were spoken by Jesus the night before he went to the cross. And the reason he said them is that the next day he would complete the work of making God known to us. You know, if you want to know who God is, you look at the cross of Jesus and you find him there. You know, how could anyone consider him to be a nasty judgmentalist in the sky? when he would lower himself to die, lower himself to a manger, lower himself to a stable, and then lower himself to die to give mercy to us. How could we think him an irrelevant deity when he has come down into our world for us, to rescue us and to fill our greatest need for us? There is no one more relevant. How could we ever think, how could anyone ever think him a non-existent being when all evidence in history points to the empty tomb of Jesus, of him truly rising from the dead. Brothers, sisters, this is the joy that we celebrate at Christmas. That God the Son would step into our pitiful existence and bring us to know the God who created us, fill our existence with meaning and joy. 
And the, the final push tonight is, do you know him? And do you live growing to know him more? And I'm just going to leave you with that question now.